Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Let's jump into the message today. If you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. If you don't have one, we're going to have a really big one behind me as well as if you're here and you would like a Bible, maybe you don't have one, um, you've actually paid for them through your generous giving. And so you can go to our info area and just ask one of the people there, can I have a Bible? And we'll make sure that we get you a Bible. And we're in week number three of a relationship series that we've been calling Goals. And so just so I know the people that are in the room, I would love, will you raise your hand if you are married or engaged? Just raise it up. Just raise it up high. If you're married, if you're engaged, look at all the married and engaged people in church. Come on. Okay, you can put your hands down. Now, I want to make sure I phrase this very strategically. Now, raise your hand if one day you'd like to get married. Just one day you'd like to get married. Just raise, raise it up high. Raise it up high. Be proud, okay? One day I would like to get married. Keep them up. No, keep them up. Make sure you scope around. Look around. Look around. Look around. Pay attention. Somebody just stood up, I think, on that side to look over who was on that side. Now raise your hand if you've ever had goals for your relationships, just any relationship. If you've ever had a goal, if you ever had a hope, if you ever had a dream, I mean, look around. We all have them. We all have goals for our relationships. In fact, if you look on social media, you can see this hashtag, this hashtag goals. It's one of the biggest, most used hashtags in all of social media. On Instagram alone, it's been used over 74 million times, and it's just used all the time. But I don't know about you, but in my relationships, I don't want normal. I don't know. Anybody else with me? Like, I don't want normal. I don't want status quo. I, like, I don't want relationships full of pain and, hurt and heartache and hurt and fear, insecurity, low commitment, instability, divorce, and brokenness. Like, I want something different. But I've learned to get something different, you have to do something different. And the good news is, is that the Bible, but this right here, God's Word, that's alive, that's active. It's not an old history book. It's not just something that, that was, that right now, this thing is alive and it's active. And it speaks all about our relationships. I like to put it this way, that when you read through this book, you'll see that God himself has goals for your relationships. And by the way, I realize that there's some people each and every week that are in our church that maybe don't agree, especially with a topic like this especially when we start talking about relationships and all that type of stuff, that there's certain things that some, I get it. I understand that maybe that there's people that are here today and you don't agree. You don't buy in. You don't believe to the things that we're teaching in this series. And, um, and I just want to make sure that you hear this directly from me, from the pastor of this church. We are so glad that you're here. We're so glad. And, um, and we understand that there's times where maybe it's like, I, I don't know if I'm fully there yet. I want you to know that we welcome you. And not only do we welcome you, we are so glad, and we want you here. In fact, we didn't start a church for church people. That we dream of being a church where people who are searching, 
can find a safe place to just figure it out. And so hear this. Every single person in here, I would love for you to hear this. You don't have to believe a certain way to belong here. You don't have to behave a certain way to belong. That no, like you belong before you believe a certain thing or behave a certain way. That you belong here. Can I get a good amen from the church? So in this series, we're talking about four specific goals that God has for your relationships. If you miss any, we're in week three. If you miss one or two, you can go back and check them out. We have an audio podcast. But this week, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, we're going to be talking about the goal of pursuing unity, of pursuing unity. So let's pray. Let's invite God into this, to this time where we open up his word and believe that, that God's going to change us today. God, we love you. We thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us here, all of us. Thank you for bringing us here. But God, we just don't want to be here and just play church and go through the motions. God, we came here to hear from you. And so we open up our minds and our hearts right now to receive from you. And God, my, my bold prayer is that you speak to every single one of us right where we're at, regardless of our relationship status, speak to us. So that when we walk out of here, we're different than when we walked in. God, we love you. And we thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And the whole church said, amen. So have you ever seen a couple, have you ever seen a marriage where like you saw it and deep down, you're like, man, if only I could have that. Have you ever, have you, maybe, maybe you are in a relationship or you are married right now and you see a, maybe, maybe a married couple or, or you see and you're like, man, if only we could be that. This hashtag goals. Maybe it's couples that you see on TV. Like, if I could just have one of the marriages from This Is Us. Like, if we could just have that. Especially season one. Like, season one. If we could have that. It's before a lot of the drama hit, okay? Like, if, if we could just have one of these marriages. That would be so great, so awesome. By the way, that mustache is so strong right there. <laughs> it is like a caterpillar crawling across his, his upper lip. You know, or, or if maybe, maybe if I could just find somebody that looks at me the way that Jim looks at Pam. Like, we could just have that. If I could just find that, that would be so awesome. You know, I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so I literally grew up on TGIF marriages. If you know, you know. And, um, and you know, so I, I grew up, like, seeing and watching and studying like marriages like Carl and Estelle Winslow from Family Matters. And seeing that, that wonderful marriage of, of Carl and Estelle. Or maybe Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky from Full House. I mean, what you know about Jesse and the Rippers? I'm telling you, he could lead a band and still lead his wife. <laughs> Have mercy, you know. And, and even like the GOAT couple of all time, that's the greatest of all time, if you've never heard that term. The go in my humble opinion, because they went from childhood sweethearts to a successful Disney Channel family two decades later, but Corey and Topanga from Boy Meets World. I'm telling you, just goals. Goals. Maybe it's couples that you see in movies. Like if I could just have an experience like Noah and Allie from the notebook. 
like if I could just have this, if I could just find somebody that would make out with me in the pouring rain, just goals. Or maybe if you take it back old school, like if I could just have a relationship like Han Solo and Princess Leia. You know, one of, I think one of, the, one of the coolest scenes, I'm telling you, it's like, like goals, is, is from Empire Strikes Back, whenever Princess Leia looks at him and says, I love you, and he goes, I know. I'm telling you, that's like awesome. It's like, yes, I want to be like that. And uh, what's cool is that they, they tell us like decades later that their, their relationship actually lasts. They actually have, they actually, their relationship lasted for a long time. And uh, maybe, maybe you see a relationship like that. You're like, if I could just have that. Or maybe if I could just have what Iron Man and Pepper Potts had. Too soon? Too soon for some people? So now I'm not going to say nothing, Okay. Or maybe it's couples that you see in real life. Maybe it's not just movies and, and TV shows. Maybe it's people like Jay-Z and Beyonce. I'm talking about the power couple. Look at They just look so cool. Uh, they just look so cool. I mean, he liked it, so he put a ring on it back in 08. And then they've been, they've been married a while. Or maybe like this, this actually, this couple was in Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. But Johnny Swim, you know, they just, they had these buttery vocals and their song, if you hear them, it is so romantic, and they sing out of the same mic, you know, and if I could just have that, if I could just have that, or maybe it's even like people here at church, like maybe the Queen City Power couple of Nat and Jazz right here on the front row, right here, look at that, oh my goodness, recently engaged, I'm telling you, power couple, like if I could just have that. But last week in my devos, which is what I call like my personal time with Jesus, when I sit down and I just read, I read about one of my favorite couples in the Bible that often gets overlooked. And we see him in Romans chapter 16, in verses 3 through 5, where it says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. And that's the couple. That's this married couple. And Paul goes on to say, they're my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them. And so are all the other Gentile churches. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. And so we read about this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, and we don't know a ton about them, but if you look just at these three verses, you'll see that one, they supported Paul's ministry. You also see that they risked their lives for ministry. Like they were all in. They were in it to win it. They just didn't play church. In fact, they had a church in their home. They were one of the first like small group leaders of a church. And they had a whole church that was there. Now they're mentioned in the Bible. If if you go and you did a study on this couple, you'll see that they are mentioned in the Bible six times. But here's my favorite thing about them. Even though it doesn't say a whole lot about them, my favorite thing is in those six times, every single time they are mentioned together. Every time that they lived together, they loved God together, they served the church together, they led together, and they made a difference together. In other words, they were unified. And I want to make sure that we write this down because the foundation of a godly relationship is in happiness, it's unity. Now, 
that applies to romantic relationships, to husband and wife, to boyfriend and girlfriend. But to me, this applies to every single relationship we have in life. The foundation of a godly relationship. If I want God there, it isn't happiness, it's unity. And happiness may be the byproduct of a unified relationship, but happiness, it really can come and go. But unity is a big deal. And by the way, you will never accidentally drift towards unity. You won't just all of a sudden, without putting work and effort, all of a sudden just find yourself surprisingly unified with another person. That we always drift towards disunity. And that's why one of our one of our 10 values as a church, which we have 10 values as a church, and we like to say it's like our DNA. It's what makes us uniquely us. And one of our 10 values is unity is our pursuit because we know we'll never drift towards it, that it takes work, it takes effort, it takes intentionality, but here's what you need to understand. Even though it takes a lot of work, it is so worth it. I love this. In Psalm 133, It says this in verse 1. It says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in, there's, there's the word, in unity. That it's good, that it's pleasant. It's like precious oil poured out on the head. Now, let's pause for a second. See, my wife has like gone all in on the essential oils train. Like she's on it. She's leading it. We've got 700 bottles at our house, just all around, scattered everywhere. And we have these diffusers that are in every single room. And so instead of lighting a candle or Febreze and everything, we'll just crank up those diffusers and the smell of those oils just get all in. It's supposed to be good for you and it's all natural. But we use it to make sure that, it's, that it makes everything smell better. I want you to understand that unity has a smell. And that disunity, it stinks. And so when you read this and you read about oil, and it's it's running down on the beard, running running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of the robe, it's like, what does that mean? And make sure you understand that, in other words, that true unity comes from the top down. That if you want to have unity in a church, it comes top down. If you want to in a business, it comes top down. If it wants to be in your family, it starts top down. For their For where unity is, the Lord, get this, bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So you want to know why pursuing unity, even though it's hard, even though naturally we would never accidentally drift towards unity, the reason why it's so worth it is because this chapter communicates this very important truth that unity commands a blessing. It commands a blessing. And I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed in every single area of my life. And so I want my relationships to be blessed. So I'm going to pursue unity with the people in my life. I want my career and my job to be blessed. So I'm going to pursue unity with my coworkers, my boss, my team. You know what? I want our church to be blessed. So I'm going to do my part and pursue unity with every single person I can in our church. I want the capital C church in our city to be unified. So I'm going, when I say that, I'm talking about not just this church, but the church. I wanted to be blessed, so I'm going to pursue unity with every single pastor and every single church that I can. And I want my marriage to be blessed. I want my relationships to be blessed. I want, you know, I, I, I want your dating relationships to be blessed. So I'm going to pursue unity with my wife. And so listen, 
God has a goal for your relationships. God has a goal for your marriage, just like Priscilla and Aquila, to be unified, to be blessed. But that's something that you're going to have to pursue. You know, one of the greatest tragedies in marriage is where two people are together but are not united. And so today, I challenge all of us in this room to pursue unity in our relationships, in our marriages, to pursue unity in two very specific areas. And here's the first one. Write this down. To pursue unity in vision. Let's be people that pursue unity in vision. And vision at its simplest definition is a preferred future. It's somewhere that we're not yet. And so like it answers the question like what do you what like what do you see? What do you want to see in your relationship? What do you want to see in your marriage? Like where are we going? In Amos chapter 3 in verse 3, it says this. It says, "Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction?" And let me tell you the answer is no. The answer is no, because when two people are going in two different directions, it's called division. Think about even that word, division. Die, meaning two, vision, meaning we have two separate visions, that I'm going this way and you're going that way. That this is what I want for our finances. This is what I think we should have for our finances. This is what it means for us to follow Jesus as a family. This is what I think it means to follow Jesus as a family. You see what I'm saying? Like we're having two separate visions is division. And it means that you have no collective vision together. And listen to what Proverbs chapter 29 says in verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Let me put it this way. That where there is no vision in the marriage, the marriage will perish. That where there, where there is no vision in your dating relationship, where are we going? That dating relationship will perish. And so I, I love the message paraphrase of this verse where it says, if people can't see what God is doing, if I can't see, and by the way, God has a vision for your life, if I can't see what he's doing, they stumble all over themselves. And the truth is, that's the picture of many people's lives. I, like, I, I can't see any, and I'm just stumbling my way through life. I'm stumbling my way through every relationship that I have. And they stumble. But when they attend to what he reveals, that God has a vision for your life, that they are most blessed. And I want every single person to know that's here at church today, that even when you don't have a vision for your life, God has a vision for your life. That if you look from cover to cover in this book, you will see this pattern of life change that we see. And God's vision for your life is the vision of our church. We tried to work our language around not what we want for your life, but what God wants for your life. And we put it this way. We want to see every person go on a spiritual journey where they know God, where they first, that they, you simply know God, that listen, you can have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And I'm not talking about religion. 
I'm not talking about perfect church attendance. I'm not talking about anything that you earn or deserve. But what you can have is a relationship with God that is real, that is daily, that is not for an hour on Sunday. That is something that changes every relationship that you have and that we all can have a relationship with God. Everything starts there. But the cool thing is it doesn't finish there. That God, not only does he want you to know him, but then you can find freedom. And then you can discover your purpose. And then you can go and ultimately make a difference. And so today is step one of our grow track. And I want to make sure, I personally invite you, that if you haven't been through our grow track, to come today because I will personally, I'm going to teach step one of the growth track as soon as we get done. I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to walk down that hall and I'm going to go in and the whole point of, of the day is to tell you about this vision. I'm going to walk in detail of how this is the vision for your life. And not only that, how we have formed our church around this vision. And everything we do is, is to strategically help you walk through this spiritual journey. And so I want to encourage you to do that. We're going to feed you, and we're going to take care of your kids. We got full lunch available after this service. Hello. So if you want your relationship, your marriage to be blessed, you've got to be unified in your vision. Where are we going? And refuse to be going two separate directions. No, we're going to pursue unity in our vision. And then here's the second thing. Write this down. To pursue unity in mission. Not only are we going to pursue unity in our vision, where we're going, but we're going to pursue unity in mission, which answers the question, why do we exist? And in Genesis chapter 1, in the creation story, it says this in verse 26, and God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, and then he gives a mission. Let's just not make people, let's put them on mission. And it says, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God, he created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them. And then God blessed them and said to them, he gives a mission right after he created them, be fruitful and increase in number. Hello. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And I find it so interesting that the very first thing that God said to the very first couple was, you have a mission. And look at what that mission did in Genesis chapter 2. That after God gives them a mission, that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is, there's the word, is united that their mission brought them together to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, yes, and they felt no shame. So God creates Adam and Eve and immediately gives them a mission. And things are awesome. You know, it's, it's so good. They're happy. They're united. They're blessed. They're content. They're fulfilled. They're satisfied. They're in love. After all, they're naked in paradise. <laughs> like, that's a pretty good life. And then, all of a sudden, if you keep reading, everything changes. First, God gives the very first couple a united mission, but 
What God seeks to unite, the devil schemes to divide. Let me put it this way, that whatever matters to God, the devil hates. And you may not have realized this, but when you read through that story, the very first thing the devil attacked was marriage. And the very next verse in Genesis chapter 3, the devil comes in the form of a serpent and he starts lying and manipulating to disrupt their relationship with God and distract them from their God-given mission and then to destroy their unity as a couple. Because he knows that a unified, blessed marriage and relationship that's on mission is powerful. And so just like God called the first couple... He is saying to you today, all of you, regardless of your relationship status, look me in the eyes because you need to hear this, that you have a mission. You have a purpose. That that you have a calling by God. And some of you, maybe you don't believe that. But I'm here to tell you that God has a purpose for your life. And the tragedy is We've done studies on this, and we've read studies that even people within church, eight out of 10 people, don't even know what their purpose is. And that's a tragedy. Because we believe that the two most important days are the day you're born and the day you find out why. And that God has a purpose for your life. And if you want to know why we do Growth Track, the whole purpose, the whole idea, the whole idea of our Growth Track is to help you discover your purpose. That's why we do it. And that's why you hear us talk about it literally all the time. We are 36 weeks in as a church, and all 36 weeks we've talked about it. And I understand it can become very repetitive. Like get in grow track, get in grow track. Hey, you know what you should do? You should get in the grow track. You should go. Have you done that yet? You should go through the grow track. I get it. But no, that's only because we believe in it, heart and soul. Because we believe that the ultimate purpose, the ultimate purpose of our lives is to make a difference. That's the ultimate purpose of all our lives, is to make a difference. That that's the reason. That's the reason why we're breathing right now, is that the ultimate purpose of my life, of your life, is to make a difference. So if you're here and you're not married, The question that I would encourage you to ask is why should you ever get married? Because there needs to be a reason. Is it because you're just in love? Is it because you're all up in your feels? Is it because you feel like you found the one? Let me tell you why you should get married. Because you know that we can serve God better together than we can apart. And I encourage you, instead of like, like focus less on finding the right person and focus more on becoming the right person. Like become the person that the person you are looking for is looking for. I don't know if I could say that again. <laughs> like if you want a marriage that's one day on mission, get on mission right now. And so God put this verse heavy on my heart if you're currently not married. God put this on my heart this week, and it's Hebrews chapter 12, because I think it's a perfect picture of what life should look like. And let us run with perseverance, run, 
You run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And I think that's a perfect picture of what your life should look like right now. To run after Jesus, that you lock your eyes right on Jesus. And I'm going to run after him as hard as I can. I'm going to get planted in church. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to lead. I'm going to jump in small groups. I'm going to lead a small I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to stay passionate. I'm going to stay committed. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus, and I'm going to run after him and get as close as I possibly can. I'm going to stay right in that lane, because I don't know if you've ever ran before, but when you're running and you're looking all around, you don't run in a straight line. But I'm going to lock my eyes on Jesus, and I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to run after him as hard as I possibly can, get as close as I can, and every now and then I'm going to look around and see who's keeping up. Hopefully they're attractive. <laughs> but when you look around... And you run after Jesus, and you're going after him as hard as you can, and you, you kind of look around, and, and you're going to glance and see if someone is keeping up with you with the same passion, with the same pace, with the same commitment, with the same vision for their life, with the same mission. And then when you know that you know that you know that you can serve God better together than you can apart, then get married. But if, if you are married... And that's where you find yourself in church today. Are you on mission? Like, what is your mission? And how is God calling you to make a difference together more than if you were not together? So does that mean that you have to serve on the same exact team on church? Like, we both got to do parking. We both got to do kids. We both got to, you know, we both got to lead worship, even though one of us is good at it and the other one's not, you know? Maybe, maybe not. Hear this. Unity is not uniformity. It's not doing the same exact thing, looking exactly the same way, being clones. Unity is not uniformity. Write this down. Unity in marriage doesn't mean that you're the same. It means you are together. So unity in your marriage doesn't mean that you're the same just carbon copies of each other. It means that you are together. So what is your united mission as a couple? And if you're like, Pastor Brian, I don't have a clue. I don't know how I would answer that if you took me to coffee and I had to answer it. I don't have a clue. Let me practically help you. Because think about this. There are two, like the most powerful unifying forces in the planet are, are two things. One, it's common passions. So what do we both love? And then second, is common enemies. And so maybe this is a great filter for you to maybe have a conversation today at lunch or sometime this week with your spouse after you put the kids down and, and you actually get to like hang out with each other. Ask, ask these two questions. What do you both righteously love? Like what's a common passion that you have? And what do you both righteously hate? What's a common enemy that we have? And I think where you see the answers to those questions being the, the same, perhaps that's God flashing this bright neon sign to let you know that he has joined you together to make a difference in that area. So maybe, here's some examples. Maybe you know what it's like 
to, to be drowning in debt. And it's awful. You hate it. You hate the feeling. You hate the month to month. And, but somehow, by the grace of God, you were able to crawl out of that financial black hole. And now you love helping people and encouraging people that were in that spot. And it's like, because you know, because you've experienced, you can speak to those people in a different way than somebody who hasn't. And your words carry so much weight and you have so much authority in that area. And you love to help people experience the same exact thing that you did. Let me encourage you to go together and to lead a small group together. Because we have financial small groups that that accomplish that very fact to kind of teach people, here's some godly financial principles to help you get that area of your life on track. And so that could be a great practical way for you to be able to get on mission together. Maybe for you, like you hate the idea of kids in our city that are growing up without a family. And maybe they, they go to sleep every single night and, and, and they don't have a consistent place to lay their head. In fact, if you, if you study child poverty stats in our city, it's one of the highest in the country. And so there's kids every day that are going to bed, maybe, and, and, and they don't have their needs taken care of. And there's something inside of you that's like, man, I hate that. And so maybe God is calling your family to foster or maybe adopt and help somebody in a very practical way. Or maybe it's like, I want to be partnering with our kids team to help make sure that I can do whatever I can do to help invest in the next generation. For maybe it's like you love hospitality and you're a family that just loves having people over at your house, opening up your home and creating environments for people to connect with other people. That is the perfect opportunity for you to be Priscilla and Aquila and open up your home and and open up your home to a small group and just the next six weeks have people just connect with each other within your home. Or maybe it's to join our host team. We have a team that's called our host team. And there's people that are in this room that are on that team that they come and they make sure everything is taken care of before you get here. They literally are wired by God to make sure everything looks good, smells good, tastes good. And so we have a team that helps take care of everything and they get to use their hospitality gift. Maybe for some of you, it's like, I don't feel like we should do the same thing because we're so wired different. We have different passions and personality. How about this? Let's get the same mission of the same church that we love and say, you know what? We may be wired very differently and we may express it a lot of different ways, but we both righteously love our church. And we as a family, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We can get on the same mission of that And so, like, that really is Heather and I's story, because we're wired very differently. And so, we kind of, how that looks is kind of a little bit different between how she serves God, how I serve God, but what we have, same unified mission, is that we know that we love our church, and we love our city, and we'll do everything we can to serve it. And so, like, what, what what do you both righteously love? What do you both righteously hate? Let me tell you a story of an amazing couple in our church who this week, God really put on my heart as I was preparing this message as somebody that I know does this so well. And it's a couple, and their name is Ryan and Catherine Anthony. Are they back here? Are they in the service? Oh, double dipping. They were in the first service too. What's up? Okay. Raise your hand real high so everybody can see you and you can get embarrassed. Raise your hand. Okay, that's it. It's Ryan and Catherine. Love you guys. And uh, Ryan and Catherine, they, they, they came to our launch service 
36 weeks ago. And since then, they've gotten connected and plugged in at our church. And I'll never forget the first conversation I had with them where I was learning about them and hearing what God's done in their, in their life. They're about to celebrate one year of marriage. Come on. You did it. In the first conversation where I was hearing their hearts, and I, was, and I remember asking this question, what's a dream in your heart? What are you passionate about? And their eyes lit up, and they began to tell me that they were so passionate about the homeless community in Cincinnati. This group of people that a lot of us see, that people walk by each and every day, maybe people that we see whenever we come off the interstate, we park at a certain spot. We, this group of people that oftentimes gets overlooked, gets ignored, maybe even sometimes gets, gets treated as subhuman. And they're like, we don't know why, but God has put that community of people on our hearts so much. And so last semester, we actually did our very first semester of small groups as a church. And Ryan and Catherine, they led a small group that met every single week that went out and went and served the homeless community together. It wasn't something that we planned. It wasn't something that, that we set up and made sure we told them where to go. God had a dream in their heart, a unified mission. And they said, no, we're going to do this thing together. And we're going to step into what God has called us to do as a couple. And not only that, I remember in that conversation, them telling me, like, there was this passion that they had to see people connected in church. That there was, like, this righteous hate of people that maybe would come into a church and go through the whole experience and walk in from the parking lot and walk past people, maybe even go grab a coffee, come in, have the whole service, walk out and never be talked to one time. And there was something inside that was like, no, 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 like, that's not right. We don't ever want anybody to come in a room full of people and feel completely alone. And they love connecting people. And so not only were they leading small groups, they also jumped on what we call our dream team which is what we call just people that serve around here. And they joined a specific team on the dream team that's called our connect team. And so we have a team of people, you may not even know this, that their whole job on a Sunday is to connect with people, to make sure that people are, we're greeting people, make sure that we're not just greeting people, that we're looking people in the eyes, getting them connected. Hey, who do they need to meet? Let's make sure that nobody's alone. Let's make sure that we're connecting with people. Let's make sure that we are the friendliest place in all of Cincinnati that are experts in connecting. And not only did they jump on that team, now they're helping lead that team. And I'm telling you, when I see a couple like that, I see what we just read about in the Bible. A couple that is on mission, that have a united mission, that have a united vision. Where are we going? Let's make sure that we're going. In the, let's, let's pursue that because we know if we don't, we're going to drift. And let's pursue it. Let's make sure that we have a, a united vision. Let's make sure we have a united mission. Listen, in your relationships, in your marriage, don't just share an address together. Don't just be roommates, like good roommates that are taking care of kids and raising kids together. 
Don't just pay bills and build your 401k together. Don't settle for anything less than a unified, blessed, on-mission marriage with a God-given vision where you are making a difference together. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I just simply want you to ask, like we do every week, like, God, what are you speaking to me? Before we get out, before we do a lot of different things, God, what are you speaking to me right now? What does my response need to be to this message? Knowing that our Sundays should always affect our Mondays. So God, what does it look like? And I'll say it again like I did in the message. God has a vision for your life. And that vision, it starts with you knowing him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about you having a relationship with the creator of the universe that's real, that's close, that's consistent. And you can have that. And maybe you find yourself in church today and you don't have a relationship with God. You hear that and that seems so foreign to you. But you find yourself here. And maybe you've done the religious game and you know that it comes up short. And today you need a fresh start and you need to begin or you need to begin again a relationship with God. You need a fresh start. Here's the good news. That can all change today. You are one decision away from that changing. And so we want to give you an opportunity to make that decision. We do this every single week, every single service, because we believe that this is the most important decision of somebody's life, more important than who they marry, more important than their job and their career, is that we want to make the decision to follow Jesus. So if you're here and you would like to make that decision today, you want to start, you want to restart your relationship with God, we're not going to point you out, we're not going to embarrass you, make you come forward, do anything weird. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer, here is what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that when I count to three, you just raise your hand and say, in the privacy of this moment, without anybody looking around, to raise your hand and say, I need to make that decision today. I don't need to work on my marriage before I get that right. I don't need to do anything before I get my relationship with God right. And I need to begin or I need to begin again a relationship with God. So if that's you and you want to be included in this prayer, I just want you on the count of three to boldly put your hand in the air. One, two, three. Just put it up. Just raise it up. I want to make that decision today. Yes, yes, yes. Got you. Got you. Got you. That's awesome. God, I'm proud of you. Proud of you. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Come live inside me. Change me. Will you make me brand new? God, I give you my whole life. I surrender everything to you. I give you everything. And I choose to follow you. Not just today, but for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. 
For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 